Welcome to Here's What You Do, an advice podcast from an optimist, a pessimist, and a nihilist who managed to start a company together. And even that decision took a few years. I'm Steven. I've been called an optimist, but I prefer passionate. Gross. I'm Ryan. I've been called a pessimist, but I prefer pragmatic. And I'm Shane. I've been called a nihilist, but I prefer existentially grounded. Well, as always, we'll be answering three questions submitted by you. If you'd like to submit questions for future episodes, swing by hwydpod at gmail.com or patreon.com slash watcher. And uh, today's topics are, and hold up one second, I roll up my sleeves and pretend like I'm in a tank top here, uh, uh, being too loud, <laughs> sick, bro, homesickness, and uh, changing names. How's it going, guys? Sick. Sick. And my, my best Ryan impression is just like staring off into the distance. Oh, not wait, is Ryan not here again? What? Oh, is sorry, he... guys. What was that? Sorry. Knock me down with a Dude, feather. That was probably your best impression of him yet. Yeah? You like that one? Yeah. Yeah. Having watched him in a lot of edits, yes. He, He's like, he does stare off up. into space. Uh, there was a, there's a Back to the Future marathon on TBS. They were playing it for 24 hours. Ryan. Uh, bragged to us all about how he was going to stay up and eat a full bowl of popcorn for each movie. Uh, and wouldn't you know it, he doused that stuff in uh, that that canola oil popcorn topping. Uh, and he's been um, he's been in the bathroom for about three but, days now. Um, but don't worry, we have been checking up on him. He is okay, but just unfit to be on a podcast yeah. at this time. And he, uh, I heard he's still clutching onto his katana. Yeah, he's just, he's just white knuckling it on the porcelain throne, uh, crying. I heard him saying something about Biff, um, but I don't know mm. what. Uh, clutching his katana, but we mm -hmm. wish him well, and we, we look do. forward to him returning to the pod next week. In the mm -hmm. meantime, though, Katie's back. I'm back again. I hope you're not sick of me because no. I'm back again. I really hope you're not sick of me. You see me five days a week in meetings. I guess I'm hoping the audience isn't sick of me. This will this will be what number three that I'm on this podcast. You're a fan. I mean, you're you're essentially like the the fourth of the fourth. We're look. We're like four horsemen of the apocalypse, basically. Ooh, which one? Ooh, which one would you be? Oh, what are they? Are they like named they're, after they are? They're uh, war, pestilence, um, just sloppy, straight up death. Sloppy penmanship. I think, uh, yeah, sloppy penmanship and death. Those are the four. Death is definitely Bragara, considering he's not here. I would love to be pestilence. I just Let's... go with pestilence, war, famine, and death. Which horseman of the apocalypse are you? Great. Love this game. I would love <laughs> Yeah. I would. I'm. I'm calling dibs on pestilence. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. You know, it's um. It's very on vogue right now. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so I'd like to be sort of with it. Yeah. Yeah. And I did the Black yeah. Death episode of uh, Puppet History, so I feel like I've earned my keep. No, you know a thing or two about pestilence for sure. Mm hmm. Um, I'm definitely famine. It's just there's just no going getting around that one. Cause you're the yeah. food boy. I'm You're a the food boy. boy. Yeah. Yeah. So that leaves death far. and war for me and Ryan. Yeah. You're from Florida. So does that factor into it in any way? A lot of gators. A lot of gators, which would make me what? Death? Death, I think. Death. Yeah, I think because Bergara is probably more war than than I am. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. So I guess then, yeah, Ryan, Ryan would be war and then I, I would just be straight up death. Okay, I'm comfortable with this. That makes yeah, sense. Yeah, we comfortable, we comfortable in our roles? Do we have to redo the intro now? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> an advice podcast from the Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse. Um, is it okay that I eat grapes throughout this entire episode? Uh, no, it's not. You know how I feel about that. Did you not see the slide that Katie sent out today? That was for Watcher Weekly, though, in which I had a toothpick in my mouth. But grapes are small and fun and delicious. This episode is brought to you by grapes. <laughs> Thank you, grapes. Who's starting out this week? I don't even know. I don't even know where. Uh, I'm starting this week, but before I get into it, my huh? air conditioning just kicked on. Are we oh. worried about that? Nobody will hear it over the chewing of my grapes. Oh, great! That's the, the consolation prize. All right, Katie, take us away with the first question. Okay, great. The first question is this one. 
Hi guys, I have an odd family situation and I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. Please feel free to use my name, Caitlin, since I'm sure none of my family will ever listen to this pod. Wonderful. Sick burn. Yeah, thanks. My, my oldest brother got married in 2017. Me too. Congrats. His wife never took on... Wait, to well, me I'm or her? Well, both. Yeah, thanks. Everybody. I don't think I ever congratulated Everybody. you, Katie, so congrats on your wedding in 2017. <laughs> Thank you. His wife never took our last name. Me neither. Uh, I wasn't too bothered by this since she was a feminist and also had a freelance business using her name. However, this summer, they decided to share the news that they are changing their last name. They wanted to combine their two last names, ours, which is uh, Rat Rather, and hers, Jarvis, which is a cool, cool as hell last name. Uh, they decided on Ravenwood. First off, the name is so weird and random and just kind of dumb sounding. Second, it feels like a slap in the face to my family that they are no longer will share our name. I can't imagine how my father and grandfather feel about the fact that my brother will no longer carry on the name Rather. Should I tell them how I feel or just let them be? Thanks and hope to hear some of your thoughts. So I chose this question because I thought it was very interesting and I thought um, kind of a unique problem that's coming around this day and age. And I have a little bit of experience with it myself. I too got married uh, to a man and decided to not take that man's last name, which is slightly unconventional in our American society, but with each passing day is less and less uncommon. Um, and I, yeah, I did so. When I did that, it was very much a conversation of me asking him like, hey, would you be bothered by this? And he just said back, would you be bothered that I don't take your last name? And I said, no, and he said no, and we were done. That was the conversation. <laughs> Um, so yeah, it, it was something that I, I felt a little weird about switching my name and then, so I didn't, and I don't think anybody should feel like they have to. And I thought that his very simple question to my question was very revealing about, uh, you know, about how, how, how to think about it. I'll segue and say, but that provides its own complications. For instance, you know, we've talked about having kids and hope to someday, and then what, right? Because then you're introducing kids in the situation and, it, you know, the conventional, traditional thing to do would be that they take his last name, but then I am the only one in my nuclear family without the same last name. So that's a bit odd. Um, again, plenty of families do it that way. That but, is so interesting. I had not thought about that aspect of it, actually. Uh, I've, I've thought about it quite a bit because it's going to be yeah. my future. Um, and it's, you know, it's kind of, it's not the worst thing. In fact, it may end up being exactly what we do. So that's, it's a weird proposition. So then there's the, you know, the path of hyphenating with which a lot of families do. My husband has a multi-syllable last name. I have a multi-syllable last name. It's a mouthful. Our kids would have to endure the last name Klopfenstein LeBlanc, which would be tough to navigate. Um, it's, it's just- I think it's, it's great. It's, I think it's good. Well, thank you. I think uh, it's a lot a of syllables is real. It's it's neat. Tons it's of probably syllables. something that maybe a child wouldn't enjoy when they were younger, but as you grow older, it feels like it's esteemed almost. Also, yeah, what happens I mean, when uh, that person gets married and then you're combining four last names? Well, this is exactly. It's it's mm. part of the problem, and so like that just solves for our generation. But then, what do our kids do? So, um, yeah, it's it's a tricky one. Um, and then certainly, people have also suggested, well, why don't you just mash your names together and become Blanc or Liefenstein or something that's totally new. And then, yeah, you do deal with the like, okay, well, but that is leaving behind both of what our families kind of endowed us with. And then we're not going to have the same last name as our parents and our own siblings. And so there's those challenges. So I don't think it's as cut and dry of a problem as they just made up a name and it sounds dumb. You know, everybody interprets it differently. They probably thought long and hard about what was important to them. And, you know, they probably landed on that they did want to all have the same last name, which was a probably did mean having to leave behind their old ones. And that's tough, but, but you know, the good thing is you don't have to imagine what your grandfather and father feel. If they're alive, you can ask them. They probably will talk to them about it. Yeah. Uh, they're gonna have those feelings. You can certainly have your own and they can have their own. You don't need to project what your father and grandfather are gonna think of, of this. Um, they may be more about it than you think. They may not be. You may be 100% right and they're, 
you know, just going to be pissed as hell about it. Some people take, you know, passing their name on very seriously. And then uh, in terms of Ravenwood being a good name, I mean, it definitely sounds super like Harry Potter, for sure. But if I could pick my own, well, if I could pick my own last name, I would just stick with the one I have. But would you be, would you change it to Voldemort? If I would, I, the question is, would I change my name to Voldemort? If I paid you and Ricky $400, would you change your last name to Voldemort? I wouldn't, but I would actually, I, I I wouldn't pay you. I I think my husband could probably be bought. For Actually, a no, amount, wait, okay, like here's a, a question. Here's if, if everyone was legally forced to change their last name to a name, uh-huh. to a, a surname from the Harry Potter universe. And we'll look, we'll we'll continue with the advice. I'm just curious, real sure. quick. Sure, sure, sure. What would you pick? It has to be a surname from the Harry Potter universe. Yes. I mean, actually, um, somebody in my family uh has the last name Riddle. Oh it is cool. Yeah, it's cool as hell. That, that is cool. neat. Yeah, it's cool What's, as hell. They, a lot of people that was just use that as a nickname. They just called him Riddle. That's pretty good. It's yeah. pretty good. So, I mean, Lestrange is also pretty close to LeBlanc. You know, oh, you got the Lestrange. Lestrange is pretty close to LeBlanc. I'd take I like that, that too. One. Also, Katie Lestrange has just got a. Oh my God! Why has nobody done a Doctor Lestrange Halloween costume? Come on, oh. people. <laughs> Steven, what, uh, your last name? What would it be? I said Longbottom. Oh, that's perfect. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe Limbottom, uh, I guess. You'd probably Limbottom. just... Limbottom. Just combine that. Yeah. I love that. I don't know enough of them to probably pick one. Uh, uh, who's out there? Uh, a Diggory? Maybe you got a Potter. Diggory? You got... Yeah, there you go. Granger. Weasley. Shane Granger. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> too pretty much, cool. Too much like nasally. That. Yeah, uh, uh, Stephen, uh, Katie, does that conclude your uh, advice on this? Yeah, I think so. Like, I'm sure that I'll come up with more to say riffing off your answers. But like, yeah, I, I don't know. The, the the tone of this one was a little dismissive, I think. And I don't think totally acknowledges all the problems facing people mm. who do get married and, um, you know, decide to have families and how they want to go through things. And you know, I, I am somebody who puts a lot of um, importance on, on, you know, my last name and, and my heritages and my, you know, sure. my mother's maiden name. But I also I don't feel like anybody should be bound to, to the custom of taking somebody else's last name. Like I, I was Katie LeBlanc for, you know, 28 years. And then because I fell in love with somebody, I'm supposed to change my identity. We we loved each other just as much when I was, you know, when I'm this person, why does making, why is changing my identity, deepening my love that, that does, it didn't make sense to me. And uh, so I I stand by my decision. I stand by her brother's decision to support his wife in that way. When you said, just because I fell in in love with somebody, I'm supposed to change change my name. I jokingly said, yes, but I don't know if it Mm -hmm. read as a joke. So (laughs) I hope people know. <laughs> I read it as a joke, but you know, look, you and Sarah got to talk that shit out. Um, uh, along the lines of what you were saying, I'll jump in, and I don't want this person to feel like I'm scolding them. I my it boils down to I don't think it's any of their business. Uh, I think names are. I mean, hearkening back to our our discussion about age last week, uh, names are a made up human construct and we make them up for uh ourselves uh some legally some otherwise there's nicknames there's other people can call themselves whatever they want uh and you you don't have a say in it really uh i guess the government has a say in it sometimes whatever i just don't think i think you're getting bent out of shape for something that isn't your right to get bent out of shape over. If you don't like their last name, that's fine. I'm sure they put some thought into it because they're going to be uh, using it for the remainder of their lives. So they're probably pretty comfortable with it. And Mm -hmm. for you, I mean, I hope you don't confront them over it or anything because that would be terribly rude. Uh, Let them them live live their lives is all I'm going to say. 
Yeah, and again, I, I don't yeah. know that this person is trying to be malicious. It seems like they're just trying to look out for them so. and say like, yeah. well, I don't know if people are. Uh, and, and I don't think you were trying to be that way. So I, despite me being sort of a, a cold in my <laughs> advice here, uh, I, 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 I'm sure you mean well, but uh, my yeah. advice is back off. Yeah, I just want to add two things to that, which is that I agree with Shane. Trust that they probably put more thought into it than you think. Yeah. And and secondly, also unrelated. But I also know plenty of feminists who did take their husband's last name. Like, that's a choice. Like, it's not one or the other. And I don't want my advice to be misconstrued that, like, if you do go by convention, if you do take a paternal last name, like that, that's somehow the uh, uninformed thing. I it's mean, also just not like it's a choice. It's not intrinsically you know? lick, uh, linked to feminism. Uh, no, it certainly, isn't. Certainly a lot of people, uh, th- there's probably an overlap there, but maybe some traditions are stupid. Uh, just because we've done something for hundreds of years, thousands of years, doesn't necessarily mean we gotta Ooh, I got to keep doing of, it. I got one that's dumb. Take it away, Limbottom. Uh, I didn't answer any of this question, by the way, but I That's generally fine. agree with both of what you guys said. But the dumb tradition I heard of recently, I was talking to my mom yesterday, and she was saying that there was like, um, and I'm, pro- I'm going to probably misquote her, just so you, you'll get the point of what this is. So my mom told me yeah. that after she gave birth, she told her mom that she went home and took a shower. And my grandma, her mom, freaked out. Because traditionally, you should not bathe for a month after you give birth. A month? Uh, yes. This was what? what my grandma and my great-grandmother did. Apparently, uh, it's just some sort of tradition that you do. But is my it, mom... Is oh, it rooted ahead. in like the the baby... I can think maybe like you want the baby to like smell the mother and just become really attached. Like that's right. That's what I would think. So my mom doesn't really know why she thinks the reason is because back in the day, bath water wasn't clean. Oh, that could be. And so you don't want to infect your body from like an opening using dirty bath water. Yeah. Like, you know, my mom told me stories of when she was growing up, there wasn't enough water to go around. And so what they would do take a shower is if it rained outside, they would all run outside and that's how they would all take a shower. Um, I still do that. <laughs> he does. Yeah, we naked. can't stop yeah. him. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Anybody on TMZ? Somebody go find Shane. <laughs> Park He's out outside here in LA. his house. Uh, it's a problem. Yeah. It never rains here. But it's just yeah. That, that's a tradition based on probably something that made sense you know hundreds of years ago, but doesn't make sense now. And my mom, after she gave birth to me and my sister, she did not tell her mom that she took a shower. She just, you know, kept it quiet. I don't know why I yeah, brought that up. Oh, dumb tradition. No, it's, yeah. yeah, it's, no, that, I mean, that sounds crazy. Like you said, I'm sure it made sense at one point, but I will definitely be showering if I'm ever in the position <laughs> of giving birth. Um, I, I do actually want to know that your thoughts on this, Stephen, because you, you're somebody who has talked about, you know, getting married and that being something that you value. Um do you have an opinion on whether the person you end up with takes your last name or do, does, do you not care? Yeah, I, you know, um, I thought about it. I don't think that, uh, you know, well, if they take my last name or not, it doesn't matter to me. It's up to them. Um, and I would consider taking their last name. Hmm. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Hasn't if it's, I haven't if it's had like to a, come across that yet, but that's the thing. Yeah. Like, if it's like a really cool last name, sure, yeah, come on, yeah, not bad, right? Um, but I, I, I don't know. And then the question back at you, Katie, because I was wondering this: if slash when you have kids, mm-hmm. well, have you figured out what to do with their last name? No, it's okay. ongoing. So comment below what I should do uh, with my children, my future children's last names, because I don't know. Uh, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll, puff. Our there watcher patrons uh, will be allowing you. We'll put out a poll. You'll be able to choose the uh, name of Katie's future child. There we are. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, no, it's a, it's an ongoing discussion. You know, obviously it'll be something that we actually have to seriously talk about should the occasion arise. But um, that you know, it's just not 
not taking up most of our brain space right now. So it's not something we've worried about. Yeah. The only other point to make about this question is I, I do wish they would have chosen the, the name Rayervis. That feels um, like yeah. it's a combination of Rayther and Jarvis. Honestly, Jarvis is a cool name, too. Jarvis is yeah. a cool as hell last name. I mean, I guess maybe because of the Avengers sort of association, I could see maybe. I, I think it makes it cool. I remember once I worked at an internship with a guy whose first name, I forget his name was like Tommy Jarvis or someone, but everyone always, always called him Jarvis. They were like, what's up, Jarvis? What are you having for lunch, Jarvis? <laughs> and I remember thinking, that guy's cool. It's because to have a last name that's cool enough to just be used as a nickname, that's a dream. That's a dream. That's a dream. LeBlanc's a yeah, I mean, People probably say LeBlanc, right? Nobody's ever called me LeBlanc. LeBlanc. But I, I do Get like... Get in here. Uh, those papers are due. Yeah, if only I had worked at a detective agency, yeah. then I think I would be called <laughs> yeah. it a lot more. Um, but no, I, I, I really like my last name. I, I think it's great. Very French. It's very French. And right. Madea and Lim are good. Those yeah, are good names. We're having fun. Yeah. I yeah. guess we call Ryan Bergara a lot. We call him Bergugus. The know. Bergus. The Bergooster. Birganja. <laughs> Birgara. Uh, all right, let's move along, huh? All right, this one comes from our friend named Rebecca. And Rebecca did not request to be anonymous, so I do not have the task of coming out with something uh for her although if i did i would probably name you Rebubu. <laughs> no i'm not gonna call you that that sounds weird uh hey Rebe <laughs> rebecca and i'm struggling with how i come across to people since a young age i've always been loud voice wise and personality wise i'm also very bubbly i love making jokes and i laugh a lot i just love enjoying myself and being silly not that i'm not that i'm never quiet i enjoy that a lot too but I just can be very energetic. It's even a struggle to not end every sentence with an exclamation mark, written or otherwise. And there were, I think, six exclamation points here, seven maybe. I have quieted down since I was a child and I'm 23 now. I know people still find it difficult to be around me sometimes. I can sometimes feel self-conscious about it, but mostly I'm of the mind I am what I am. Gloria Gaynor style. Is that how you say her name? Don't know. However, my boyfriend of three years is often embarrassed by me and when I slam in public or laugh loudly. People make comments like, can't imagine you caffeinated and give me strange looks. People in my past have been also embarrassed. Other people I know and that are close great friends know that it's part of who I am and don't find it embarrassing and even enjoy that part of me as cookie and fun. Cookie. Uh, should I try to change this about me? Am I being dismissive when I don't consider it a problem? I don't like shutting myself off to my true emotions and true self, but maybe I need to be more considerate of the people I'm with. I've never had strangers complain. Great podcast lads. Fact, the Michaelor Beach Hedge in Scotland is the world's longest hedge at a staggering one third of a mile long and the tallest of its kind at 100 feet high. I'm Scottish, hence the fact. All the best, Rebecca. Feels, I don't know. I guess I expected the world's longest hedge to be longer. And they said, how long is it? It's a third of a third mile. Third of a mile. Hmm. Well, 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 Rebecca. Seems like we have a case of the uh, the old. I don't know. Loud the Rebecca. <laughs> it's the old Rebecca. Yes, yeah, the yeah. old. Re I can't be myself around other people thing. And trust me, I have been there. So I definitely relate to you. Um, I sometimes find that my personality can be off-putting to people, uh, and that's just the truth. Now, this is actually something that I wrestle with day to day, which is why I picked this question. I'm also curious to hear what the confident Katie LeBlanc and the confident Shane Made have to say about this. But one thing that I've actually come to realize is that there are different versions of myself, but that doesn't make me two-faced. And what I mean by that is around my parents, I'm a little bit more quiet, probably more uh, quote-unquote respectful. I'm definitely, um, uh, I, I definitely, uh, and somebody who 
kind of am mm-hmm. a mama's boy kind of person, okay, around my parents. Uh, but when I'm around, you know, my friends, I tend to be loud and crazy and obnoxious, uh, sometimes to a fault. But then, you know, around a professional setting, uh, I'm still all those things, but I can be more just, you know, straightforward by the book, uh, nerd, Steven, uh, just getting stuff done. So what I'm trying to say is, um, I think first of all, is you have to realize that your actions need to be put in the context that that you're in. And also, um, you can be yourself, but something that I've realized is it is important to be considerate of other people. Um, and it doesn't mean that you're not being yourself, but you just want to remember and uh, consider the feelings and, and the personalities of those around you. Um, for example, me, myself, I'm a very straightforward, honest, almost too honest person to my closest friends, but I'm not that way around a stranger that I first, I've met for the first time. Not that I'm not myself around them, but you just don't open up your deepest, darkest feelings around them because uh, it's not appropriate. Uh, and so I think not that you should shut down your loudness and your funness for strangers, but uh, there's a level of, um, I don't know, putting yourself in their shoes that you should do um, in order to kind of make that experience more uh, fun for everybody. I don't know, that's that's my take on it. I'm curious to hear what you guys think, but um, I've, I've come to realize, yeah, that I am a man of many different types, depending who, who I'm around, and that's okay. You're not, you're not, you're not two-faced if that's what you're worried about. No, I, I agree completely. I think, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, you change as you grow up and you figure out what's most appropriate. And I am, I am also totally different people around. Like I have, I have a group of friends where I'm really funny. I love being around them. It's great. I'm a laugh a minute when I'm around Wait, them. As in like you're like funnier around them or they find you funnier? They find me funnier than than mm. other groups of friends. And so it's like, oh, Katie, always making jokes. And I'm like, wow, this is the only group of friends where my jokes land like that, I guess. So <laughs> it's great. Do, do you um, like them for other reasons or is this just no, a collection? Pretty of... shallow. Pretty shallow. <laughs> it's just the dregs no, of society. I'm yeah, I'm just I just go do do a round of stand up and then I leave. We think you're very funny. Oh, thanks. Um, but I, it's also funny because I've also had people like uh, you know, especially like working at BuzzFeed and I guess in this job too. Like I can also be pretty aggressive, um, you know, and and I don't know, straightforward, especially when I'm trying to work and do, get a job done and. I've had people cross over from like different groups and see that side of me and be like, whoa, you know, what is that about? And uh, that, you know, I, I've adapted to, into a professional environment to, to get things done more effectively. And I don't think it means that I'm two-faced or bad or putting on airs. It's like, no, I just, that's how I work professionally. Um, and I also have seen other people like I've worked with plenty of people who have been what you describe and really big and bubbly and loud and, and over the top. And, you know, in videos that makes them amazing because they're energetic and they radiate energy and they're so fun and funny and they give off just this presence you want to be around. But in meetings, they have to take a chill pill because it's not <laughs> about them. It's uh-huh. about what we're all working on. And so it's not to say that they, can't laugh and they can't make a joke and they can't, you know, be themselves. But yeah, in in a meeting where we're all members of the same team and we're all trying to work on something together, you can't take up, you know, most of the attention. You have to calm down a bit and and realize that there's more people in the room besides you. And um, that does mean compromising a little bit. And it doesn't mean that you aren't being true to yourself the same way that people on reality shows when they're like, I have to tell her because otherwise I'm not still living my truth. It's like, that's a horseshit. Uh, be polite. No, uh, you know, you being rude isn't living your truth. It's it's being rude. That's what it is. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I agree with you, Stephen. Yeah, I'll say as someone who uh, I worked some jobs uh, and this I feel like plays into maybe your concern that 
um, perhaps tamping down your your nature will chip away at uh, the beautiful statue that is you. Uh, I've worked a lot of jobs where I, you know, uh, I can't I can't yell things like "fuck you, goat man." You know, that was <laughs> it's not something I've done at every job that I've had in my life. At a lot of jobs, I sort of um, was very quiet and. Uh, BuzzFeed was really the first job where I felt um, comfortable sort of opening up to coworkers or just being more myself because it was the first time I really worked with like a lot of uh, people who were close to my own age. Before that, it was a lot of older people. Um, but that was the case like my entire life before BuzzFeed. I worked a lot of jobs where I was just a little more reserved. And like Steven said, it's just like uh, a version of you. Uh, which is fine because uh, the fact that I would maybe punch a ticket nine to five didn't change the fact that I would, you know, go out with my friends on weekends or play D&D on a weeknight uh, and really be a very lewd, uh, horrible, loud person, you know? As um, we know you to be, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, so there's... Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know that maybe you being more considerate of other people here and there is uh, the end of the world. Uh, you can learn how to. Hang on, there's a loud motorcycle going by. Uh, for everyone, for everyone on the bingo cards. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're changing who you are. It just means that you're growing up, uh, and you as a person will always be you. Uh, even if perhaps you, I mean, I'm trying to imagine what the, uh, the situations are that are causing this person to, what well, are they doing? Kind what do you of think they're doing? Uh, kind of, kind of part of what you're saying too, is like the other side of this is if you find yourself in a world where you you have no outlets to yeah. be this person that you want to be, then you do, you should find one. Yeah. Whether it's a mm -hmm. job like, you know, making videos or whether it's a friend group that you can cut loose around or whether it's, you know, singing in the shower, I guess. I don't know. You should. Absolutely. If you feel like everybody around you is is really being put off, if it's just you're, you don't have a lot of supportive environments, then you should try to find one because, yeah, you know, that that could suck. Like, you know, you know, if you're Shane was really quiet when I first met him and you know I, I can't you know if you're in a job where you never are able to manifest as you know yourself then that's okay as long as you have some other way to manifest and if you if you're really getting nothing in your free time and nothing in your professional time then I would encourage you to to branch out and find a group that that sort of would welcome your your bubbliness and uh, so you can feel more centered in the other aspects of your life where you have to maybe pull back a bit. What do you guys think about this boyfriend? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. She's often embarrassed by them when they exclaim in public or laugh loudly. Yeah, you know, I don't know. You know, we yeah. don't. Hard, who knows what the relationship say. is here? Uh, 23. I mean, I assume your life is a disaster at age 23. It ought to be. <laughs> it really ought to be. Um, if, uh, your boyfriend you better fun. be a, a just just garbage. Uh, if you're Real 23 and your significant other isn't just garbage and horrible for you, then what are you doing? Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I do want to say at the same time, like if, if this is like, I don't think you should really like if, if you're just a bubbly person and it feels like, uh, t like you need to just across the board, turn down the volume on that, you know? Maybe not. Don't do that. Certainly. Mm -hmm. um, there are people out there who are more eccentric or more energetic than other people. And uh, if it's all, if it's coming from a good place, then I think people will recognize that. If you're in the middle of a screening of a movie, though, and you're <laughs> laughing like yeah. you're being tickled or something. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like if your boyfriend is embarrassed because you're, you know, laughing a little loud or, or making a joke, then yeah, he need then then that's on and he him. He can lighten and up. He, you know, he can lighten up and you be you. But if he's getting a little embarrassed because you're shouting in the movie theater, you know, at the screen, then 
you know, I don't know, maybe listen to them. <laughs> like, yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's not for us to like, you, you, she didn't give us enough detail to totally know whether he was in the wrong here. Um, or like but, if but, you're, if you're out at a restaurant and in the, you know, a nice restaurant and you're screaming, Ooh, I love ketchup. That's, As we know that Shane does, right? I do that. Yeah. And I've learned, and Sarah is He's deeply learned. embarrassed every single time it happens. <laughs> Often embarrassed. Um, right. Yeah, you so. can, I'm sure, you know, you seem like an intelligent person. I'm sure you can gauge what is like, which uh, things are socially acceptable versus uh, just your bubbliness being sort of casually, uh, yeah. you know, perceived by people who maybe are a little more modest. Um I don't know. I'm saying like, you know, they got to feel it out. Uh, it's a fine line. Like if if it's you screaming in a restaurant because you're delighted by your uh, situation and the food is really good. That's something where you can like, OK, maybe I can still be me and not scream in the middle of a restaurant. Mm -hmm. If you're being bubbly and maybe your modest boyfriend is a bit embarrassed by you, he can probably lighten up a little bit. Mm -hmm. Figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. My, yeah. My advice is figure it out yourself. <laughs> figure it out. <laughs> figure it out. But thank you for your question, Rebecca. Yeah. And uh, let's move on to the next one. Uh, the subject of this one is homesick. It says, my name is Sailor. Cool name. That is a very cool name. Sailor didn't write that. I'm just commenting. I'm going into my junior year of high school, and I am going on a three-month trip to South Korea soon, and I need help. I get really bad homesickness, and I don't know how to stop it. I've never been away from my family for more than about a week. Even when I was little, I had to be taken home from camp because I got so homesick that it would make me physically sick. Do you guys have any tips or remedies that could help? Thanks. Love the podcast, by the way. Cheers. Sailor. Actually, the more I wow. read this question, the more I don't actually have any tips. Uh, <laughs> what? Uh, well, I kind of skimmed it, and I was like, oh, this is an easy one. Just tell them to get on out there and have a good time. Um, but then I read the part about them being physically sick, and I don't actually know uh, how to stop that. Well, I don't I guess, know I, guess I also to physically don't have, stop that. Yeah, I don't have any experience with being homesick, really. Um when I was younger, I went to to camp, not uh, not like a summer camp, but I went to a, like a week of camp. Uh, and I remember there was a kid there who was, it was when I was in Cub Scouts and he was real sad and he missed his family and he would go talk to them on a payphone. and he just cried a lot. Um, and I was like, well, I'm going swimming. Um <laughs> And now he's an adult and he probably looks back on that and thinks, well, I, I remember going to camp and crying a lot. And guess what? His family didn't die while he was gone or anything. Uh, and when I look back on that, I think I went swimming and it kicked ass. So look, I would, I would have loved nothing more than to go to South Korea for three weeks in high school. I mean, good, good God. Uh, I think the, yeah. I think the coolest thing I did in high school was go to Myrtle Beach, uh, which was fine. Very cool. Got some crab legs uh, and some puka shells. For, <laughs> yeah, toss you were one of those kids. My, oh, hell yeah. Yeah, you, were, yeah, you did. Um, I don't know. If you, I, I guess I'll toss it over to you guys and, and see if you have had any experience with homesickness. Were, uh, did you ever go to a camp or anything when you were younger or... Yeah, I, I felt homesick before. I remember when I went to college, and and I'm somebody who pretty sentimental generally, but also very happy to move on to new places. Um, when I moved to LA, very happy. Oh, it's Even three months. Sorry, quick correction. Three months. I yeah, said three, months. three weeks. It's three months. It's a while. Woo. Um, and I went to college, and I remember. I think I was like, "Why do I feel sad? This is very weird. I don't know why." And then I was like. Oh, that's what homesickness is. It's like you're missing the familiarity of the things around you. And I guess um, kind of what you were saying, Shane, about it like physically hitting you. I, it didn't physically hit me in that way, but I have had anxiety in a way where it physically feels like it paralyzes me. So I can kind of um, 
piece that emotion together to understand what you're going through. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think maybe the first step is uh, therapy. And then the second step is try to identify what it is that you are missing. Like, is it the fact that you don't get to sleep in your own bed with your own room? Or is it the fact that you just are like, you have the comfort of going to uh, talk to your mom every evening? Is it like, what is it that's holding you back and try to bring some version of that with you to Korea? And I know you can't bring your mom with you, but like, at least you can schedule FaceTimes with your mom. It's like, depending on where you live, could be 12 to 15 hours away so just make sure you schedule times that are appropriate um to talk to your mom every day so um that's the best advice i can give you is try to make your home away from home because you know home is where the heart is and i'm just going to keep saying cliches until katie starts talking uh, I, uh more finger guns alone. more finger guns yeah uh no i mean i i i i think that that's good advice i'll be honest like i i love my family like uh, they kick ass and I don't get sick of them when I go home I love my parents and my brother you know living with them and being around them is awesome and uh, but I think but I've also I want to say I've never felt homesick I remember going to college and feeling like that sense of like oh no things are different Um, I remember going to Europe for the first time and also feeling like a sense of like oh God, what if something happens? And I don't think it was the same thing in terms of like a, I really need to be home right now to be comfortable as much as it was like a safety, like I don't speak the language. What if I need to tell them to operate on my leg? How do I do that? Um, You know, like just feeling kind of like helpless. Um, Yeah, like I I do get the sort of like, you know, fear that you're going to miss like your family and the things that you're comfortable with. Um, And unfortunately, I don't think I'm gonna probably give the best advice just because I do think getting out and experiencing the world kicks so much ass. Um, And I think it makes you better and it makes your time at home better and richer. So I do think that try, you know, I, I don't think that you need to move away and live away from your family in order to you know, have a richer life, but going out and experiencing it and seeing it and then even returning home, I think is a wonderful thing. And uh, so I do think that taking the steps to overcome this is important. And um, I agree with Stephen. therapy, uh, finding ways to make your home away from home. Uh, I have a, a room upstairs that's all uh, Florida coastal beach ass themed, you know, because I love that shit. Um, you know, it reminds me at home, palm trees, sand. I collect different kinds of sand from places I go. That's weird. But, you know, I think it's neat whenever I go to a new beach and it makes me feel like, you know, I have a little bottle of my hometown beach sand up there and it makes me feel close to close to home. So you, you do little weird bullshit like that to, to kind of set up your own home and make you feel like you haven't lost that part of your identity. Uh, I got some some shotgun advice here, which is just I'm going to spray uh, a thousand little uh, possible remedies and maybe you use them all. Maybe you use one uh, one bring a little piece of home with you, uh, you know, uh, a doorknob. Uh, <laughs> yeah, steal a doorknob. Steal uh, your bedroom doorknob. Something good. fun. Something reminds you of home. Um, two, um, if you're going with uh, friends or classmates, be open with them about how uh, you're missing home. Tell them to encourage uh, you to go out with them. Uh, you know, uh, they'll they'll probably want to help you. Uh, kids are friendly, right? Sometimes they're yeah. Mean, they're not but, gonna be like loser. You love your yeah. family. Oh, like no, nobody's. Oh, if you say I don't, nobody's gonna say that. Um, Bring your favorite movies and uh, TV shows yes. and books with you. Download download movies because especially if you're going overseas. Sometimes you turn on the hotel TVs and there's nothing you can understand there anyway. So, you know, uh, bring some of your movies to watch to make you feel comfortable at night. Um, another one. Ever heard of, uh, uh, ever heard of Surfshark? <laughs> Surfshark right. VPN, Sponsored maybe. Watch Weekly uh, um, reference right there. Another one. Uh, uh, 
tell your parents you're feeling homes that you might feel homesick ask them to write you like five letters or something or i guess you could just facetime them at will but five letters uh seal them up and know that you can like open one up at any given moment whenever you're feeling really low and finally try and put it all in perspective know that they're going to be there when you get back this is an incredible opportunity and um think of all the work uh, like Katie was saying, like it makes you better. Pr- travel is not everybody gets to travel. I didn't travel much when I was younger. I didn't travel overseas until uh, BuzzFeed Unsolved, I think. <laughs> um, never did. Uh, uh, if I had that opportunity when I was that young, I'd lose my mind. Um, because, like, getting the chance to do that. I mean, for three months, that's essentially like living somewhere. It's going to be new and scary, and that may be feeding into your anxiety, but uh, you're basically getting to do it with like no strings attached. You're not moving and living somewhere. You're just getting to visit for three months, which is incredible. Uh, And you get to go home afterwards, which is even more amazing. Um, So, by the way, the Wi Fi in Korea is astounding. Is it good? Oh my God, yes. Uh, and not to harp on this, but there are so many things. Um, if if you try and imagine uh, how you're going to look back on this in like 5, 10, 20 years, uh, if you miss this or spend the whole time uh, just being sad or, or not really taking advantage of this incredible opportunity you're really going to regret it um so (laughs) i I guess that's where i land you're gonna have a great time if you want to have a good time you will have a good time in terms of an anecdote i did um i studied abroad in france for a little bit in over a summer and it was cool as hell and an amazing life-changing experience um, but it was also my like first time overseas and it was in a country that, you know, most of them spoke English, but it wasn't the predominant language. Um, and so that was scary. Um, and something that I did do that helped me sort of adjust is I came up with my own little routines. So like there was a route from like our sort of apartment slash hotel thing that we were staying at. And, you know, I could walk to where I went to class. And on the walk, there was a little uh, crepe guy and he made uh, Nutella and banana crepes. And every morning I would go to him and I would get my Nutella and banana crepe as my breakfast. And I would get like a a tea or a coffee and I would just walk to class and I would eat my crepe. And that was my like morning routine. And I felt so cool and Parisian and like, you know, just like walking and having my crepe. And I had a guy who like recognized me for a set of weeks that I was, you know, banana and Nutella crepe girl in the morning. And uh, that that made me feel very cool and like a local and like I had something that was my own um, in a country that wasn't. Um, and I got everybody probably listening to that is like, oh my God, she's such a tourist. Uh-huh. But, you know, like that, you know, that to me, when I was in a new place felt like it was a bit of making my own home, making my own routine and feeling like this was something recognizable. This was something I could depend on. Um, And it also made me more confident in myself as like an adult that I could do this and not need anybody to hold my hand through it, that I that I went that I decided to do this thing and I was able to keep doing this thing and, you know, that I didn't need like a tour guide to do it. Um, so yeah, I, I will restate that obviously this is going a bit deeper than we're touching on, you know, physical symptoms are not something that any of us are qualified to like tell you how to handle. Um, that's something that if it's manifesting in a physical way, that's something hopefully a therapist or potentially like, um, you know, a a medical professional could help you work through. But in just in terms of attitude, in terms of, you know, how to mentally approach it. um, Yeah, there's there's things you can do, I think, to baby step your way into feeling like Mm -hmm. you can be comfortable on your own. I, I have one more tip, by the way, that gave me a good idea, riffing off Katie's idea of the crepe thing. Make little quests for yourself when you're in Korea. So like say, I'm going to try 10 new foods 
Oh, by the end of my summer. That's fun. Or you could have a bingo card and just like do a, have a bunch of things on there and try to hit bingo in your time there. Um, I got some foods for you to try. Braised uh, short ribs. Incredible. Uh, they got amazing rice cakes there that are even better than the ones you can have here in America. Eat Korean barbecue. That's familiar. You can probably ha- you can have that in America and Korea, but it's actually just called barbecue because it's in Korea. So you're just eating. Uh, yeah. Um, and look, look, where? How about we give them? Look, we we love updates. Take yeah. a bunch of photos. Send us an update. We're giving you a mission to have the best goddamn three months of your life uh if you i mean you're very young so it's probably, it's probably honestly the most fun you'll ever have in your entire life uh yeah you're you're gonna have the time of your life um uh, please please i we we are begging you to go and try and have fun yes and update us and and send postcards Send postcards. Send postcards. Send postcards to send it to us. But send send postcards to your friends, to your, fa- to your family. To your family, because it's also a good way to like feel like you're connect. I mean, FaceTime obviously that's the fastest way to connect. But even writing postcards about what you're working on, what you're up to, will make you feel productive. It'll make you feel like you're connected to home, and it'll thrill your friends and family to hear from you on your amazing adventure. By the way, Korea is very safe. So I don't know if you're worried about that body system. But also know that Korea is very safe. I would love and to go to South Korea. I've never been. Me too. Hey, never been. Uh, watch your trip, 2029. 20, okay. Oh damn it. <laughs> we're all going to be dead. Because oh, we're all going to okay. be dead. Okay. Mm, well, we can bury ourselves there or something. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds fun. What a happy note to end on. Uh, uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, Katie, once again, thanks for being here. Uh, Woo! If you liked having me on here, just tell Ryan just, to take more vacations. Yeah, uh, yeah, no, exactly. I want the next one dibs on the next vacation. Actually, no, Shane hasn't left yeah, yet. Yeah, it's me. Shane, you've been working too hard. <laughs> Get out of here, Shane. Get back to puppet history. Uh, if you'd like to submit questions for future episodes, send us a letter over at hwydpod at gmail.com. Or swing by patreon.com slash watcher. I really beefed that. Oh, well. We'll see you next week, everybody. Bye.